It's a damn tough life full of toil and strife we weathermen undergo. And we don't give a damn when the gale is done, how hard the winds did blow. Cause we're homeward bound from the Arctic ground with a good ship taut and free. And we won't give a damn when we drink our rum with the girls of old Maui. Rolling down to old Maui, me boys, rolling down to old Maui. We're homeward bound from the Arctic ground, rolling down to Welcome old to Higgledy Maui. Piggledy Whale Statements. Uh, I am Mark. I'm Ben. And we've got a special guest today. Please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm a special guest. My name's Hannah. Hannah is a uh, good friend and wife of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's here to talk to us today about two roller coasters. This is probably the most unusual Moby Dick adaptation <sighs> that we've covered. Not necessarily the least faithful, given no. some of what we've covered. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I think it will be a... F- so, yes, that's true. Uh, do you want to explain, Hannah, what we mean when we say that one of these roller coasters is a Moby Dick adaptation? Yeah, because I, I think that's a fascinating way to put it. Um, it isn't a way I've been thinking of this before. Because, like, there's, <laughs> it, it... There, there are roller coasters that are more, like directly adaptations of stuff right like if you go to a six flags park Mm -hmm. there's going to be like a million roller coasters called like superman krypton coaster or batman the dark knight ride um i went on one of those once at a six flags yeah there's a million of those um but like i those i would not have thought of as adaptations of the superman (laughs) story (laughs) um Uh. But, can, can we please see uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, this, the roller coaster? Uh, uh, ooh, I want it so bad. Um, I know. Yeah, okay. Uh, I am going to be thinking at least 10% throughout this entire episode now what <laughs> type of roller coaster that would be. But I digress. Okay. What do we mean when uh, we say that one of these roller coasters is an adaptation of Moby Deck? Well, um, one of these roller coasters is called Hakuge. Which, uh, I believe you two are familiar with that word. Yep, yep. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it literally just means white whale in Japanese, but it is also, like, what... It is the word that is used to mean Moby Dick in, like, Japanese adaptations of Moby Dick. Yep. Such as... <laughs> such as the anime that we watched, Hakuge Legend of the Moby Dick, which I think might be what mm-hmm. Ben is thinking about yes. when he says that there's a legitimate question as to whether this coaster will be the least faithful. yeah. Yeah, that was in fact the one I was thinking of. You're right. Yeah. Um, oh. Because yeah, um, that episode. I I I don't think you listened to that, Hannah. But that that <laughs> anime was fucking wild, and its per, it the its relationship to Moby Dick the novel was tenuous at best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. the one that involves uh, chomping down copious amounts of poison. Is that right? <laughs> yes, yes 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 it is one with sarah the android who is trash with no personality <laughs> that's correct <laughs> okay i promised myself i would not just shout me 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 like 50 times <laughs> <laughs> and i'm holding myself to that um, <laughs> okay there's a there's another big question to air here right why is this two roller coasters that we're talking about and only one of them is an adaptation of moby dick 
Well, please tell me. Yeah, that feels like a good point to like dive into the context and history of this a little bit. Please do. So, um, before we get into these roller coasters in specific, I want to talk about a company called Rocky Mountain Construction, uh, who are the manufacturers of Hakuge. Uh, mm-hmm. And they were formed in Idaho in like, I want to say the late 2000s. Uh, out of like you know some industry veterans uh, who wanted to like innovate, who had had like frustrating times in more established uh, you know coaster manufacturing places, uh, and one of the big heavy hitters that they brought in was this guy named Alan Shilkey. Alan Shilkey had worked for a legendary roller coaster company called Aerodynamics, um, and they're like responsible for like an insane number of the, the innovations and milestones in roller coaster history. Uh, and he had this dream for what was called a four-dimensional roller coaster, uh, which... I have <laughs> questions. Yeah, okay, so the three dimensions are the standard ones, and then also the seats rotate on an axis, right? So oh, like, 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 not just, like, around the tracks, but mm-hmm. that you spin so you're facing backwards and then forwards again? Exactly. Or, you know, whatever, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. gotcha. Um, and it, it basically means that, like, you know, it, normally if, like, you take a loop in a roller coaster, then you're going to be right side up, then upside down, then right side up, whereas this allows you to, like, manipulate the exact position that the rider is in at any moment and, like, put them into mm-hmm. these, like, crazy zero-G situations. Uh, so it was yeah, like so you a can very... be upside down and facing left, then facing right, then right side up, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's 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 a very ambitious idea for a roller coaster, obviously, right? And he spent yeah, years. Oh, yeah. sorry, go for it. Oh, I was just gonna say the the immediate thing that comes to mind is like when I think of a roller coaster, the relationship of track to seat is very straightforward the Mm -hmm. seats are on carts the carts are on a track the track can do all sorts of wild things and i know i've been on roller coasters that did slight have and i haven't been on a lot of roller coasters but i've been on Mm -hmm. roller coasters that had slightly more elaborate connections of track to cart but it's still basically doing that and it sounds like this would require like a gimbal and swivel set onto the cart that is on the track that you are now in it's basically like being in one of those um uh, astronaut training modules where yeah. they put you in like a big orrery and spin you around. Mm-hmm. Very similar to that because you're not even like on mm-hmm. the track. You're like on these yeah, yeah, yeah. wings on the side of the track and rotating wild. Anyway, so obviously a huge undertaking, huge innovation, and huge risk, right? And Arrow was basically like, uh, we don't really want to let you do this because it sounds insanely <laughs> expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's going to ruin uh, us and he was like all right uh, i i got that but finally six flags was like okay can we order like a scaled down prototype of this like less expensive less big less complicated just start us off with the small version and arrow is like all right sure that's what we'll do and then that roller coaster instantly bankrupted arrow <laughs> no <laughs> oh no <laughs> I love the idea of like we're yeah okay we could do we could do a little one they're just sucked into a black hole and never seen again. Yeah, it's the it's the the potion seller joke, right? Where it's like the, even the weakest <sighs> of my potions would destroy you instantly. Yeah, wow. I'm just imagining being the being like the uh, the higher up at Arrow who is like, yeah, no, uh, maybe we can maybe we can okay this would bankrupt us to really do it, but maybe we can do a tiny version or just a little. And it's just like. The gate has opened. 
Yeah. After all, why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I make a four-dimensional coaster? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that roller coaster still stands to this day. Uh, it opened under the name X. It is now called X2 because it received, like, a lot of refurbishments, basically, by another company called SNS that bought it. Um, and it's it's considered, like, one of the best roller coasters in the world these days, but also, like, mm-hmm. incredibly intense and difficult, you know? It's like, uh, mm. it's, it's, it's like the, the come and see or harakiri of roller coasters, you know? It's, it's not an easy watch. Um, are those uh, are those films? I'm sorry. Oh know. yes, these are these are films that like are really popular with uh, letterboxed zoomers as like watch this movie and it'll change you forever. Are you brave enough for it? Um, ah. And it's like you know they're they're great movies, but like it's also very charming that they've acquired that reputation. Oh. Anyway, yeah, but they have like the they're the intense movies for people who are really into film and prepared for everything. Yeah, which by as the way. To- it's in- mm-hmm. it's incredibly funny to me that there are like film snobs for roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so uh, that I actually did want to kind of mention that like there is this whole roller coaster fandom, yeah. basically. Uh-huh. Um, that Ben and I are not even slightly a part. Oh of. no, no, no! Um, I I have enjoyed the roller coasters I've been on as a general rule. I have some very silly stories about. Actually, one of them was one of those Batman roller coasters. Mm-hmm. Um. And the fact that I forgot to bring something to, like, hold my glasses on. So I spent the entire roller coaster ride with my hand on my glasses, like, as they jiggled on my nose. Vaguely terrified that if I relaxed my grip and just let myself go with it, my glasses would fly into space and never be seen again. So I have done some roller coasters that I greatly enjoyed. Not a ton of of roller coasters. And uh, the closest thing I get in my sort of normal hobbies is uh, going sailing in a high wind, which mm-hmm. is a lot of fun, but is significantly more two-dimensional. Yeah. yeah whereas, whereas, like, I have basically never... I think maybe I've been on what you, Hannah, would probably consider, like, a real roller coaster, like, once in my life, because I am just very... Uh, they've always seemed like a very stressful experience to me. Um, but you have, like, a different... Uh, Okay, I'm sorry. You were in the middle of telling us about this company. I do want you to talk about your own experience with coasters, but perhaps I've uh, interrupted you. No, no, no. Um, I think this would be a good place to kind of like interject with that. And then we can, because uh, that was like a nice little midpoint in the, the story of the, the company. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, like my history with roller coasters, I guess, is that like um, I grew up in Chicago near Six Flags Great America, you know, one of the members of the Six Flags chain. Um, and I definitely enjoyed any opportunity I got to ride roller coasters, but like I kind of laid dormant with them for a long time. Um, and I think I, I've kind of like gotten really into them in the last few years, less as like a sort of die hard, like I'm constantly making roller coaster trips and riding them and everything, but more as just like a topic to learn about, you know, like there's mm-hmm. an incredible amount of like depth and richness to like the history of these things and the design elements and what goes into a good roller coaster versus a bad one um and it's just a very cool art form yeah exactly it's just a cool thing for me to learn about and then like you know whenever i do get an opportunity um i'll just ride one of those little suckers Um, no that's cool and they really seem like a extremely rapid architecture in a certain sense like 
a lot of what seems to go into them, as I understand them, from having talked with you a little bit about this, is this combination of, like, very technical engineering questions, like, can we do this? How can this function? Can this be, like, functional for a cost we are capable of paying? But at the same time, it is very much aesthetic. Like, will this thing that this does be fun? It's mm -hmm. not like, you know, just putting someone in the astronaut spinner that simulates zero gravity. You know, you do that at space camp or whatever, or I assume people do that at space camp, but it's not like people are lining up at theme parks to do that. A roller coaster needs to actually have an aesthetic core to it, an aesthetic, some kind of, like, sense of what its experience is, even if it's as straightforward as, and I've done a couple of these, the one that you just goes up pretty high and then drops really far down into, like, a big pool of water and there's a big splash and then it goes up again and does the same thing a couple times. Yeah, um... I think what you might be talking about there is actually an illustrative example of what I was talking about, the roller coaster snobs. Um, oh? Because I think those might be B&M dive coasters, um, which is uh, B&M being the company, dive coaster being the model. Uh, and mm -hmm. what these are known for is, like, uh, they have very steep, like, sheer vertical drops, and they will mm -hmm. hang you in front of the drop uh, for a few seconds before letting go. Uh, and yep, also, yep. like, it's not a long train. It's just, like, two rows with, like, four across seating. Uh, so you you get to see the drop in front of you, no matter whether you're in the front or back row. That makes sense, yeah. And these are beloved by what roller coaster fans refer to as the general public. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh so that, okay. That, that's specifically being Ben. Ben is the hey. general uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm I so like glad that there's a splashy bit. No, it's good is the thing. Um, like, I've been on exactly one of those, and I had a, a lovely time. But, like, if you talk to, like, the most, you know, like, hardcore roller coaster fans, they'll be like, yeah, I mean, they're good for the general public. But, like, when it comes down to it, they really don't have <sighs> enough elements and enough of, like, a pacing. Yeah. And, you know, I want something more out of a roller coaster. And it's just like, Wow. You sure. guys, you guys really are into this in a, in a way that, like... yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah, like, I admit, I see a bit of myself in that, in my relationship to, like, science fiction novels and things, and, mm -hmm. like, uh, it's always a little upsetting to see yourself from the outside, from the, from the general public position, rather than the, like, uh, you know, genre snob position. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, it's humbling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now let's talk about the enthusiasts a little more. Uh, those being the roller okay. coaster snobs, uh, because one of their favorite companies uh, for developing roller coasters is Rocky Mountain Construction. Uh, oh. And as we, as I mentioned, uh, they did bring on this Alan Shilkey fellow, uh, willing to give him another chance on the theory, basically <laughs> that like. You were right, but you were a little early, right? Like, the technology wasn't there. The infrastructure wasn't there. Like, you're, you're clearly brilliant, but, like, Arrow probably did too much too soon with allowing you for your idea on that front. So why don't we hire you as, like, a consultant um, who can help give us, like, ideas and innovations? Um, and it, as it turns out, one of the first... Huge, huge innovations that he, along with RMC co-founder uh, Fred Grubb, I believe is the fellow's name, uh, created was called the iBox Track. Uh, this is a new type huh. of track for roller coasters. It is a steel track that can be plopped onto existing wooden structures. 
Oh, right, because there's like a big, I, at least I'm vaguely aware there's a big difference between a wooden and a mm-hmm. you know, metal roller coaster setup. Yeah, like if you if you see a wooden roller coaster, then like um, it has like these iconic like sort of cross hatched wooden supports. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's like the tr- the the part under the track is like very densely supported, um, mm-hmm. and like they tend to really just be able to go up and down and make turns. Steel roller yep, coasters yep. will have like supports that are far fewer, like and and more spread out. Um, and you have much more of an ability to like go wild with what the roller coaster is doing. You know, you can have loops yeah, and corkscrews and rolls and bat wings and half loops that go into corkscrews and all of these like different combinations of like elements that like a wooden structure just can't really support. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like the development of the skyscraper. Exactly. And what the iBox does is it lets a wooden coaster act like a steel coaster. Um, it allows you to huh. bank the track more aggressively. Uh, so, like, you know, tilt it from side to side in order to, like, create mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. moments of going, like, whoa, and getting thrown to the side of the, the car. Um, and it yeah. allows you to go upside down. Um, and with this idea of the, the iBox track... Um, Rocky Mountain Construction got all these contracts to basically like take existing wooden coasters that sucked and make ah. them into some of the best roller coasters <laughs> in the world. Right? Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. So it's it's uh, a thing that would just constantly happen. Uh, starting with Six Flags, they were like the first one to, to take a risk on this idea is that they would just have a roller coaster that like was maybe 30 years old and probably on its way to being demolished. Uh, and they'd be mm-hmm. like, all right, instead of demolishing this, why don't we just get RMC to come in? And as it turns out, uh, because the structure is already there, it's way cheaper than building a new roller coaster from the ground up. Um, Interesting. And it gives you... Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. And it gives you like one of the best roller coasters in the world. Uh, so it just became like a reliable thing to do and like... Having an old, shitty wooden roller coaster was now considered a huge <laughs> asset for your park. Ah, <laughs> uh, because you can upgrade it into a, uh, like, world-class, top-of-the-line roller coaster mm-hmm. for much cheaper than building that new. Yeah, like, if you're just, like, a little park out in the middle of nowhere, then, like, you probably wouldn't have the means to just uh, go ahead and get a huge new roller coaster from the ground up. You wouldn't have the, the budget for that. But if you already have this old coaster and you know that rmc exists then you can now just say all right cool we're gonna be hit we're gonna have the best coaster within 100 miles um cool. it's, it's really cool to me frankly yeah something that um when you mentioned 100 miles it made me think of that because that's a very in a certain sense a very american uh distance mm-hmm. um because we just have much too large of a country but uh and so um, my impression is that roller coasters are very much like an American art form, or at least they were early on. Like, they really developed within the U.S. Is that, do you know if that's true? Uh, I believe the U.K. had a lot of the early, early innovations. Because, mm, mm-hmm. um, like, roller coasters started in, like, the the very start of, like, the 20th century, mm. um, where the, the way to power them was that you would have, like, people sit outside of their roller coaster and push it for you to get a running start. <laughs> Oh, that's charming. It's adorable. Um, but yeah, like, it, it, 
I think you're right to say that like the US is the heart of like roller coaster for the sake of roller coaster culture. Mm. Europe... Not necessarily originating here, but going going whole hog. Yeah. Like European theme parks these days tend to have like less purely exciting roller coasters, some exceptions, but like less, you know, standalone roller coaster excitement. And more of, like, elaborate theming, right? Where it's, like, mm-hmm. it'll be a, a layout that's maybe not quite as good as what you can get in America, but it, like, dips and weaves through, like, an entire, you know, fake village, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or, like, elaborate rock work. Um, like, this is a, a strip mine that you're snaking through. Um, cool. And that's definitely the European approach. The Japanese approach is to be really innovative um and just do a lot of stuff that like other countries aren't quite ready to commit to yet um cool and in fact that's where we find ourselves now with hakuge (laughs) a japanese roller coaster so i think a question that i want to put to the hosts of this noble podcast is why is this roller coaster called hakuge um, and it's probably not something we're going to be able to answer until, like, the end of all of this, when you've gotten <laughs> even more context. I was about to say, did they paint it white? It is but, painted white. Know, okay, but wait, hang on. Uh, we, we have, uh, I think we've kind of skipped a step here, because you were telling us about RMC and how they were uh, retrofitting wooden coasters. Mm-hmm. So is that what happened to White Cyclone? That's right. Yeah. White Cyclone was a roller coaster put together by a company called Intamin in 1994. Um, Intamin has like a a very good reputation, but like this is not considered one of their standouts by any means. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just a roller coaster that, yeah, it was, it was, I don't think that it had a reputation as being like particularly awful, but it just wasn't a standout. It wasn't something that you would go to the park for. A median roller coaster. Yeah, and also, interestingly enough, because of regulations in Japan about the height of wooden structures as permissible, uh, it was one of only two wooden roller coasters in the entire country when it went up. Uh-huh. So the pickings for what you could RMC, uh, people use RMC as a verb, uh, <laughs> for what you could RMC within the country were very, very slim. So, like, uh, Nagashima Spa Land... Uh, the the park at which Hakage is situated was very lucky to have one of these very few wooden roller coasters that they could just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. mess with and make great. Um, but yeah, do we want to, I guess, um, do a little ride on White Cyclone first? Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, Mark, do you want to explain this sort of setup since I think it was uh, kind of was it kind of your idea? You uh, I I guess I don't remember who thought of this. It definitely first, wasn't mine. It's so. a, it's just that um, something that's quite uh, common, I guess, and like easy to find on YouTube is these like POV videos of riding on a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't actually know how are these videos made, Hannah, because like do. do roller coaster people just like get on the roller coaster and take out their their cameras or like do they have some kind of arrangement with 
the theme park to do this or yeah um so some of these pov videos are officially released by the park in which case it'll probably just be like a camera that is mounted to the front of the train um Mm. but some of them are done by like individual you know members of the public um and you usually have to like get approval from the park but from what i've heard they tend to be pretty permissive about that um if only mm-hmm. because they see it as like, well, this is kind Free of advertising. Fr- exactly. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. it's not going to prevent someone from going to the park because they're like, well, I've already experienced a roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I'm imagining the, uh, the roller coaster fan is like sitting on the couch and it's like, yeah, that's exactly what being on a roller coaster is like. I've experienced it all and I have no need to go to a roller coaster. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, in this case, I believe that both of the ones that we have available are just, um, you know, uh, individual people who are visiting the park and we're like, hey, can we film here? Cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we will definitely link to both of these videos in like the podcast description and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was thinking that, um, so Ben and I are going to watch this video together. Um, and this is the first time either of us is experiencing this. I assume you've watched the, both of these videos, right, Hannah? Uh-huh. Um, so yeah. And we... I was thinking that we would count down so that if listeners oh, would, that's like, really cute. would like that's to sync really it up cute, Mark. so they can be like, so they can experience it with us and, and see the parts where we're going <sighs> to, I just think that'd be fun. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think that makes sense. All right. So yeah, in that case, I'm going to do what I traditionally do to start the podcast, which is count down. Shh, don't let them know. <laughs> <laughs> um, count down. Saying like three, two, one, play, and then when I say play, I'm gonna press Hit play on play. the YouTube video. Yeah, yep. um, works for me. Let's roll. All right. Uh, okay, then three, two, one, play. All right. Uh, so I guess I can, while we're on the lift hill, just give a bit of more context here. Uh, so this sucker you can see is already painted white. And a cyclone is a very classic and plentiful model of roller coaster. Uh, The original of these being the Coney Island cyclone, which is still standing today. Um, It's this Mm -hmm. iconic, super old wooden roller coaster that I think is like 100 years. Um, And it has a lot of like clones of its layout. This is not Mm -hmm. one of them. This is a completely different layout. I have no idea why they call it White Cyclone. (laughs) So wait, it's just not a cyclone. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Whoa. <laughs> yeah it, this is not a cyclone um, Whoa. it's made by a different company it has a completely different layout um and the cyclones layouts are much more about just like hills that go up and down up and down this as you mm-hmm. can already see is a lot more about like these really long extended turns that gradually build up speed uh these are called yeah. helixes within the roller coaster community look that's what you do on a roller coaster (laughs) yeah i have to be honest i feel Uh. like i would probably enjoy this roller coaster like i'm not saying it doesn't seem exciting at all i'm just saying like the fact that it is mostly these kind of like yeah yeah build-ups uh I don't know. It seems fun to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy this kind of long bank in a in a roller coaster as my as my concept of them. They seem they seem fun. It is very large and white. 
<laughs> I also think it's kind of fun how it's like it's crossing over itself a lot, so you can think to yourself like, "Ooh, that's what I'm going to experience next." Mm, exactly. Yeah, there's also like little tunnel sections. I do like when a roller coaster goes through a little bit of a tunnel because I like the um, the feeling of coming out right, like here, uh, just coming out into this drop is very fun. And there's also I think that sense of space closing in and then opening up is just exciting. Yeah. Um, roller coasters crossing over on themselves is always cool. But yeah, I think you're right absolutely to note that, like, this isn't, like, a children's roller coaster, but it's absolutely more sort of, like, gentle and family-friendly. Um, yeah. Which is odd, because it's, like, a huge roller coaster. This sucker is 140 feet tall, I want to say. Um, yeah, no, it looked very large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's not a particularly, like, intense roller coaster. Um. Yeah, yeah. Having just finished it, I would agree. It was it was charming, not super intense. And uh, yeah, I do think that something that came to mind during the thing is cyclones go up and down a lot. I'm like, no, cyclones go around and around a lot. Come on. <laughs> so uh, yeah. when this one had a lot of baking and turning, I was like, yes, these engineers knew what was up. I mean, I would, in my mind, if I, because aren't there... Well, I guess, okay, Hannah, you said the thing that was happening in that is called a helix, but Mm -hmm. are there not roller coasters where you literally go in, like, a spiral? spiral? Like, that that's the going down? Um, like, um, like a... Like a loop-de-loop one, but stretched out as it's going. I guess, I don't know, never mind. This is maybe not that important. I'm just trying to think about what my visual image is of the shape of a cyclone, and I thought, aren't there roller coasters that approximate that more closely but i it's very possible that i'm just making that up <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i think that like there was definitely that one section that i noted or that 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 was on the roller coaster where like it was a long drawn out turn and like on the right hand side of it you could see that there was a, a previous long drawn out turn and mm-hmm. like you were going mm-hmm. left this time you were going right the previous time but those two like turns were kind of hugging each other I think that that's sort of like the eye of the cyclone, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I can see that. Yeah. There's Uh definitely a a turning around, a going around a center going on here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was fun. Yeah. Those types of, like, long, drawn-out turns, again, if you're one of the enthusiasts and you you (laughs) scoff at those, you're like, ugh, (sighs) don't speak to me of helixes. What I need is airtime. Airtime being the feeling, basically, of, like, uh, being either thrown out of your chair aggressively uh, and like kind of slamming upwards into like the restraints. The safety bar? Yeah. yeah. Um, which is called ejector airtime or the sort of more mild feeling of just kind of being left in zero gravity. Um, mm, and, and like going down a fast drop so it reduces the pull of the relative gravity. Yeah, yeah. Or like a way to do this typically is like at the top of a hill if it's like proportioned correctly and shaped correctly then at the top of the hill you'll feel like weightless uh that's called floater airtime rmc is known for their very aggressive ejector airtime making them a favorite (laughs) of enthusiasts but i would strongly enthusiasts seem to really like it when the roller coaster seems like it's trying to kill them a little bit yeah um it is is considered honorable to die by roller coaster Okay, wait a minute. You just said that like it was a real thing, but it's not a real thing, right? No, you are not no, out here not. trying to die on roller coasters. No, nobody's trying to do that. Uh, um, very occasionally, like you know, there are unfortunately deaths on roller coasters, but like it seems pretty 
disconnected from like the actual intensity of it you know like it's yeah it's yeah. not as if like it's about a mechanical failure yeah yeah so like it's it's more on like is the park maintaining this sucker properly and thankfully yeah, in most yeah. cases yes they are yeah. um but yeah that's white cyclone which ran from mm-hmm. 1994 to 2016 2018 wow and then it was so re- what's that so that means uh hakuge is quite recent oh yes um and oh here's here's something that's interesting yeah hakuge opened in 2019 white cyclone was named in english right um hmm. mm-hmm. in, in in that like it was uh, uh japanese phonetically just saying white yeah. cyclone the english phrase yeah. uh yeah. whereas yeah. hakuge is not white whale an english phrase it is hakuge. yeah yeah it's yeah so why cool. why is this let's let's continue to ponder as we perhaps <laughs> yeah yeah our no second I... pov video Yep, I've got some thoughts. I'd be happy to uh, get on the white whale. Yeah, uh, yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, um... and, and this time, um, we're going to notice, A, that it's a lot more aggressive, B, that it's a lot more fast-paced. I'm not sure we're going to be able to have, like, the same level of kind of, like, breezy discussion. Cheerful conversation, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there's, <laughs> the, the, if I were calling out elements for the last one, that it would kind of just be, like, Helix waits 10 seconds hill helix <laughs> yeah this yep. one has yep. a lot of unique elements that i'm going to be doing my best to call out as they're happening here right okay cool cool so all right shall we ride hakage i'm just actually going to take a second because i i found that i couldn't always quite hear you hannah on the previous video so i'm adjusting the youtube video volume a little lower mm-hmm. gotcha um, okay uh i feel ready to go if you do ben sure okay you're also set, Hannah? Oh, yes. Okay. Three, two, one, play. That's right here. It's Hakage. You can see that they've got a beautiful blue track now. This is maybe mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful looking coasters of all time. That is a very pretty color combo. And here we have a massive, oh, wow. oh, my massive God. <laughs> Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Straight into a double up. That is two upward rising airtime hills. An outer Whoa, banked hill. Okay. Right into a double down. And from that, we go upside down for the first time in what's called a zero G stall. Okay, that zero then. G yeah, stall wow. takes us into a wave turn, another wave turn, and a zero G roll. Roll. That was what you were thinking of. Uh, no, don't worry about it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and here we have another airtime hill, another twisted hill, and here it's just going to be kind of like little fast and furious elements. I believe it goes upside down one more time. Yep, right here. No, not right here. In a little bit. But yeah, everything in the second half is like very low to the ground because um, this roller coaster mm. is very concerned with maintaining speed the entire way through. Oh, this is fun. There's kind of a side view at this point. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, I did not notice at all in the previous video that this coaster is, like, on the water. Or I yeah, guess that this close theme to the park ocean. is on the water. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely interesting, I think. Yeah. Whales go into yeah, water. Yeah, some of these they? turns and drops are intense. There's some drone footage. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and some cool clearly. music. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so so you can see that there's a lot of conceptual differences between these two roller coasters. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Let's count them, right? It's like number one, this one goes upside down. Number two, this one is so much faster. <laughs> number two, this one jerks you around much more powerfully. Um and this one also like is very cons- uh, like concerned not just with like having a high top speed, but like maintaining that speed all the way throughout. Because mm-hmm. like naturally right. you lose speed no matter what you do with a roller coaster, unless you have like a launch that, you know, boosts the train back up. Uh, this one doesn't have a launch. So what it has to do for its second half is choose between still having pretty big sized elements, but going a lot slower or having these like really low to the ground elements, uh, low to the ground like a pig, and maintaining its breakneck pace throughout the entire thing, uh, mm-hmm. and it clearly chose the latter. <gasps> Wait, yeah, no, you it's, see that, uh... that water spout in the? I did oh, yeah? just see that spout, and I was interested in it. Interesting. Yeah. What, what do you? What, what's the spout? It's just a water spout. I, I literally just thought, oh, whales do that, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I also yeah, thought that. So. I... I thought it looked like it was a, a separate ride that involved one of those, like, hitting the water. But maybe it's just a big water, a uh, big, like, fountainy thing. Anyways. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, no, the, um... Sorry, go on. Yeah, so that that right there is Hakuge. Um, which I want to make one more little contextual note here before asking you guys mm-hmm. about your reactions. Which is that roller coasters that are rebuilt by RMC, uh, typically the way that, like, they're renamed is like what it was before but like dark-sided now so like there was a, a cyclone that they redid that became wicked cyclone there was one that became twisted cyclone uh oh. there's one that became like uh the rattler became iron rattler you know um, so basically basically <sighs> they start making it's it's like the energy drinkification yeah, yeah. It's, it's, they're, they're doing palette swaps once you enter, like, the evil area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> JRPG it's the, the later zone. Yeah, got it. Yeah, they, they take a completely me. normal roller coaster and replace it with the Joker. <sighs> but in this case, they took White Cyclone and replaced it with Hakuge. Exactly. Yes. I mean, that certainly implies that they are thinking about Moby Dick as being kind of more intense and yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like Um, a natural disaster but also evil yes exactly (laughs) yeah yeah um so so okay i do not immediately have anything i can say about that roller coaster where i can be like oh yeah this is totally like moby dick this is totally like whaling or whatever um now I did notice something, which is that the um, I think there was something called like a wave roll or a, a wave something in one of the features. Yeah, that's right. Um, there yeah. was a pair of elements called wave turns that were right back and forth to each other, which is basically just sort yeah. of like a turn that is like uh, banked, so tilted to the side, and you sort mm-hmm. of pop up like a, uh, making the shape of a wave. Yeah, yeah. So my thought was, I think the, I think you could. Assuming that the person who uh, named it Hakuge had been reading Moby Dick pretty, like, pretty intensively, you could pro- or 
you know, possibly had watched uh, a movie of Moby Dick, you could maybe frame this as, like, a whale boat. Like, all of the low to the ground, very fast, lots of rocking and waves, even if it's not specifically recreating a scene of whaling, it is certainly recreating, you know, being among waves, being, like, a small boat, very heavily tossed, which would possibly also explain a lack of things like, you know, loop-de-loops and um, elements that aren't sort of barreling forward. At least that's my take on it uh, immediately. But it's a very vague aesthetic connection in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, so I have a, I have a thought. Um, and it's definitely a pretty silly thought. Please. Um, Hannah, do you have either just like memorized or, or like can you look up uh, a kind of list of each um, feature in, like in order in the coaster? Uh, yeah, I can probably get that for you. Let's see. It starts with a straight drop. Uh, into... Okay, so... Okay, go for it. So let me... Ex- but before you start listing all of them, let me explain what I want to do here. In... At the end of Moby Dick, in the last three chapters, those uh... are the three chapters about hunting Moby Dick, like actually uh, uh, engaging in combat with the whale. Um, they're called the chase first day, the chase second day, the chase third day. Um, and there are several <gasps> different moments, several different encounters. Moby Dick has a bunch of different moves. <laughs> oh, um, that's so sick. Yeah, no, is. Moby Dick does definitely have moves. It's it's one of the things that I don't think has been represented in any adaptation that we've seen. Yeah, basically none. Even the really good ones that really do do things with this, none of them are like... And then Moby Dick does this thing, and then Moby Dick does this other thing that is clearly different. Except maybe the musical? No, but no. We talked about how we didn't like that the musical utterly failed at this. I feel like the musical... It failed at it, but it tried to do it a little bit more than some of the others. That's true. I think the musical wanted to make yeah, it wasn't the defending chase it. detailed, but did not do a good job of that. Okay, but from my perspective, if you were going to point at any moment in Moby Dick the novel and be like, you could base a roller coaster on this, it would be the chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking that I would like to go through the kind of uh, events of the chase and see if any of these feel at all resonant. <sighs> um, yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm into it. Okay. So let's see. Um, I'm just scrolling through powermobydick.com as I love to. Um uh da, 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 da. there's uh well first of all there's uh when moby dick appears he's like mm-hmm. heralded by a bunch of white birds i don't think that's really here at all no but i think um, you can probably say that like sighting the whale is you know, going up yeah the first that's, drop. that's the lift hill yeah, yeah 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 i think that's fair okay so possibly lifted and hill both appear in that sequence in the sense that it's all about <laughs> moby dick like coming up like a, a great white mass ponderous and dignified out of the water yeah so what i would actually say is is the uh the climb is the moment when and you know this moment ben when moby dick rises out of the water mm, i hmm I mean that is yeah but that's already into the actual chase okay I mean I guess yes but but basically I'm looking at the moment when they sight Moby Dick and when they lower the whale boats as being kind of um not quite in the roller coaster those are things that happen with every whale chase that they have right sure but okay that's the very beginning of the chase but then I would say the first the first move yeah is um 
So Moby Dick has been sighted, but then he sounds. He goes deep into the water. Um, oh, oh. And in fact, the first thing that happens in the roller coaster is a big straight drop, which is notably the only time that something like that happens in this entire layout. Um, okay, so so Moby Dick is like deep. And then uh, Ahab spots like a, a tiny little white dot. Um there's this sort of silly metaphor. It's described as being uh, no bigger than a white weasel. Yeah, uh, it's ew. word choice, Malfil. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, the so Moby Dick comes up straight below the boat and seizes it in his jaws. Yes. Um. So yeah, that's the the whale like comes up directly under the boat, and I actually think this is like, yeah. Okay. So there's that. <laughs> um. And the next thing in the um, in the uh, uh, roller coaster was like two. It was a double rise, right? Exactly. So the the first rise is uh, when he grabs the boat, and the second rise is when he like reaches the apex of his his rise. Yeah, and then then he starts biting the boat in half. And that is that um, very violent outer banked turn. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, this is this is uh, uh, yeah. Um. Now, by reason of this timely spinning round the boat upon its axis, its bow by anticipation was made to face the whale's head while yet underwater. Um, but as if perceiving this stratagem, Moby Dick, with that malicious intelligence ascribed to him, silently transplanted himself, as it were, in an instant shooting his pleated head lengthwise beneath the boat. So there's this, like, rotation and place switching that happens? Well, um, the next thing that happens is a stalling upside-down moment. A zero G yeah. style. Now, I think that is actually probably better compared to the moment where there's a moment where Ahab directly struggles with Moby Dick as he tries to wrench Moby Dick's jaw off the boat. And that's the moment of action, like, stopping for a second. Um, yes, that's right true. Right before Ahab falls flat-faced in the water, the boat is bitten in half, and Moby Dick dives again. Yeah, so, like, Moby Dick has the boat in his jaws, and, like, that, that sort of... um like rotating thing has happened mm -hmm. and he's like trying to break the boat in half. And this is a, there's nothing that can be accomplished in terms of whaling from this position. Like they just got a bail, but Ahab grabs the whale's tooth and decides he's going to try to fight at this well, point. Well, what Ahab's trying to do is trying to push the jaw off of the whale boat so that it doesn't get bitten in half. Right. But that's like an absurd thing to do. Yeah. It's, it's probably not going to succeed, but it's also very clear that like if Moby Dick were not like, very clearly messing with Ahab by slowly biting through the boat rather than just either chomping it in half in one go or letting go and swimming off like a normal whale. So there, there's a way in which, you know, Ahab's struggle with Moby Dick is like, it's interesting. It's not purely, I think, foolish. Anyways, no, you're right. But I'm my, just my saying... point being, I think that's a good candidate for a moment of suspension. Because mm -hmm. it's a pause in the action as Ahab strains. Cool, cool. Okay, um... And at, at this point, uh, obviously, th this is a, a moment where, like, as Ben said, Ahab falls on the water. Um, there's, uh, the, the, there's no more, like, the, the, there's a separation. Um, now, okay, this is, this is one of the, yeah, this is one of Moby Dick's, like, very odd little moves where <laughs> he starts, um, this is a, something that's been described earlier in the book. This is when he's pitch-pulling. Do you remember this, Ben? He's moving his head up and down and spinning around. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um, 
Or is he, was he, is this, this isn't the, um, okay, yes, yes, okay. I was thinking of something else. Go on. Yeah, so I I guess maybe this is, there's a thing that happens later with the yeah, this pool, is, Yeah, that's what No, what he's doing here is like, uh. Bobbing up and down, sort of turning in a circle. Yes, and it's making waves crash enormously against his head. Well, um, the next thing that happens in the roller coaster from where we left off is the double wave turn amazing cool um and the the next thing is that he uh swims in a circle around the uh wrecked boat um like basically uh uh churning up a whirlpool um but not directly attacking Mm. um uh and and i i don't know this i don't know what this is but but it's it's kind of a it's like a, a scary moment and he's trapping them, but it's also not like a direct confrontation, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Is this, I think that like sorry, go on. the uh, zero G role, which uh, is the next element is like not a particularly intense one. It's not like you're getting like thrown out of your seat, but it is this feeling of being sort of like twisted and whirled around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it is important to note that Ahab is in the whirlpool and is in danger of drowning. So it's not yes. as though this is not an intense moment. It's that Moby Dick is not directly attacking any of the boats, but is, and is not like directly biting Ahab, but is directly drowning him. And Ahab has to like cry out to the boat, sail on the whale, chase him off so that I can not drown. Yes, yeah, and I and I think specifically something I think is like resonant with the idea of like a, a zero g moment is that um, uh, a- Ahab is is capable of keeping afloat, but it's, just barely. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ahab's head was seen like a tossed bubble, which the least chance shock might burst. Um, All right. Okay, so uh, at at this point. Um, Ahab returns to the ship. Yeah, they're able to separate Moby Dick, uh, and uh, the boats rescue him, and uh, they're they're able to move on at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that's the that's the first day. Are we about a third through the coaster, or are we more than that? Oh no, we're we're like more than halfway through the coaster at this point. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll see then. We may this may not end up working out. Yeah, um, I'll be honest, I'm sort of like this is really fun, yeah. but also almost all of the elements of the coaster could also be generically like ocean associated and still be very fun and like give a Moby Dick-ish feel without being literal beats from the chase. Here's first here's what I will say. Um I think that we are not really going to find anything like that for the second or third days, but I'm willing to say that the uh, layout of Hakuge is a an artistic interpretation of the first day of the chase. Uh, yeah. Moby Dick. All right. I appreciate sure. that. Sure. You know, who's to say, uh, uh, I can imagine other people watching this video, reading these chapters and being like, you two are, are uh, you, you are uh, reaching. None of this makes any sense, but I don't know. I guess ultimately what I will say is I think it's cool to make a roller coaster and say this is Moby Dick because there is an extended section of Moby Dick that is all about uh, swooping up and down and getting turned around in the ocean. And as we said before, we have not yet seen an adaptation that was interested in 
the granularity of that yeah. in like, yeah. the actual moment to moment and and the book is interested in that the yeah. book wants now, you to feel i mean it's a it's a pov section yeah, the book well, wants you to be on the whale boat yeah yeah i mean it it depends on different parts of the chase and also different also other whaling chases during the um during the boat are also given this kind of uh emphasis so it is it is one of a number of you know whale hunts um obviously the most important one i uh i do think this has just given me the idea of the amazing concept of a pip roller coaster where it just stalls out at the bottom of a loop and then you're stuck there for two hours and then they start pulling you in god basically mr bones's wild ride (laughs) what an old dumb like roller coaster tycoon thing where someone made a like three hour or like possibly i think multi-week when you get it large enough slow roller coaster ride on mr bones's wild ride wow and they just put uh park patrons through that and then while they were on the ride they could redesign the park so there was no exit from mr bones's wild ride only getting on mr bones's wild ride again do people starve in roller coaster i have no idea I know they get less and less happy. Yeah, it, it's they their <laughs> hunger gauge will bottom out, but they're not in any physical danger of that. It just makes them more hangry. They'll get yeah, they'll get cranky. Yeah, yeah that's understandable. Uh, here's here's one thing before we get too far off the topic that I want to bring up yep, is that yep. like yeah, I I think it's very possible that it was just like look, we are gonna do like vaguely oceany type elements, um, mm-hmm. but I I think that number one. This is a very uniquely constructed uh, RMC roller coaster in that, like, it has just that one very large scale element, that first drop that really mm-hmm, took both mm-hmm. of you for by surprise. Um, yeah. Then yeah. everything else is as if it's operating on a small scale. Um, it's just larger and longer, right? The way that I've, like, heard yeah. this, this layout described is that, like, it is a small RMC that has been scaled up, whereas normally, like, the small and, and big ones act much differently. And I think that, like, the that experience of the small RMC, like, whippiness and, and kind of, like, breakneck pace of the elements, but on a larger scale, it does convey a lot of stuff about a whale chase. And number yeah. two, um, again, even if it's not the case in this instance, it is the case that, like, there are roller coasters that are designed to evoke specific kinds of, like, action set piece. Um, Like, a a Mm -hmm. recent example, one of the most, like, acclaimed roller coasters of recent years is uh, Jurassic World Velocicoaster, which is, like, explicitly (laughs) has, like, a storyline where you are, like trying to recapture some velociraptors that have escaped and like different elements on it are explicitly supposed to be different story beats right and like there's mm-hmm. a part where you get caught in the jaws of a mosasaurus and you know it, it kind of flips you around upside down while you're over to water and so like it's not beyond the pale for roller coasters to specifically be trying to like kind of create a narrative and especially like a chase narrative or like a you know pursuit narrative uh through their design elements so and even, yeah. even if it's not like a literal one-to-one then like i totally think that it makes sense to to think of this as uh, an artistic representation of like a whaling chase yeah no that's pretty cool yeah what I'd love to see, and this is a very silly idea, but I'd love to see somebody make a Moby Dick roller coaster that eats this one's lunch. 
Aww. <laughs> in the sense be of, nice. Well, in the sense of, like, it would be fun from my perspective if someone made a Moby Dick roller coaster that was like, yeah, we kind of saw what you were trying to do with Hakage. We're going to go the whole way. We're going to have, like, a terrifying monster whale, like the one at the house on the rock, and you're going to be, like, in its jaws. <laughs> uh, that, that whale left an impression on you. I, look, it's a very dramatic whale. It is. I really enjoy the at the House on the Rock, the description of the whale on, like, little plinth is basically, it bears little resemblance to actual whale anatomy. Yes, that, that is a totally fantastical whale. Um, <sighs> anyway, we're not here to talk about the House on the Rock, yeah. um, but... But no, you know, a, um, I, I actually quite like this one. Like, I don't think it needs more concrete and specific... Moby Dick elements for it to have, especially with that, like, really, that precipitous first drop, drop, that drop, that, like, uh, intense back and forth, you know, rolling and uh, wave rolling. I want to be clear, I think it's really quite good at having that sense of, like, if not necessarily Moby Dick in specific, although there's a big white thing that's terrifying you, so I think it basically works, (laughs) but more, you know, a certain element of sailing, of boating of being in this tiny craft on rough water i think it does a really good job of that in a way that i find really compelling so i honestly am like yeah i'm not a huge intense roller coaster person but i think i would definitely enjoy doing this one in real life awesome nice yeah i i really liked the kinds of rolls and turns it did they they genuinely felt a lot like sailing a small boat when it's uh you know when the wind's intense and i've never been attacked by a whale while sailing so you know presumably that would make it even more intense (laughs) i love you saying presumably with the slight (laughs) possibility that actually maybe it wouldn't (laughs) yeah no yeah I'd, i'd just totally be normal about it uh and just handle the whale clearly come on <laughs> okay well um we've experienced the coasters we've talked about their their sort of history and development um hannah was there anything else you wanted to kind of discuss uh, about these coasters before we wrap it up uh no i think i'm all good um yeah like obviously like i said i'm i'm very interested in coasters as like a subject of intellectual curiosity and i like to ride them whenever i can but like I've ridden very, very few roller coasters by the standards of, like, somebody who thinks about roller coasters a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, they're just, like Ben was saying, they're, they're a very fun and underappreciated art form. Um, and there's so much that, like, goes into making them interesting. And, like, I think that a lot of that is on display with Hakage, you know? Like, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to share this because, like, it's a really, really cool roller coaster it's gorgeous. It has a lot of unique design elements. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm glad that something like it exists. Yeah. I'll say um, one last sort of thing about it, because I, I really do think it is gorgeous, because I, I can tend a little bit minimalist in sort of aesthetics and design. I can tend towards, like, a certain kind of clarity of design, a unity being really good. And I really like what uh, Hakage is doing. The uh, the blue rails and white superstructure look really good together. It makes the the uh, track really, like, fall- visually distinct and followable while still, like, uh, being quite accessible. It's really interesting because you would have 
thought that an oceanic roller coaster would be blue with a white rail for like the white cap of the wave and i'm sure if you had like a tsunami or wave themed roller coaster that might be the way to go but by reversing that and you know it's the moby dick roller coaster it's big and it's white uh by reversing that i think it creates this really uh unique aesthetic that still has that feeling to it and i think it i just think it works real well it makes it feel in a sense like this this whale is endless you know it is yeah yeah it is not like a small feature within the terrifying ocean it is like a world unto itself mm-hmm. yeah all right uh oh. that is all about all i gotta say about this lovely roller coaster cool well thank you so much for being on the show yeah, hannah thank um you. is there anything you'd like to plug or would like to tell our listeners about yeah, sure. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter, first off, at Hannah Yola, H-A-N-N-A-H-Y-O-L-E-A-U. Um, I don't really post a lot of stuff there, but, you know, I'm always talking to my friends. So if you want to see some of that, then uh, feel free to follow me. Um, and then I'm also without a regular podcast of my own at this point. But there is the archive of uh, Do Not Steal, Um so on the Abnormal Mapping Podcast Network, an original character podcast where myself and my co-host, Olivia, would um, review RPG systems and create characters within them. Uh, that completed... It's very fun. Uh, thank you. That completed I was a guest run. one time, so I can say it was very fun to be on and it's very <laughs> fun to listen to. Yeah, uh, that completed its run, um, but you can listen to the archive and I'd be very happy if you would. Um, and then I'm also uh, guesting a couple times on my girlfriend Esther's podcast, uh, Get Cynical, which is about the uh, ambitions and foibles of internet personalities. Uh, season one being Ooh. about Nostalgia Critic and Channel Awesome and all the... Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> their attempts to like create real serious movies. Season oh. two being about YouTubers um, and their attempts to be in serious movies or create them and season three being about um hollywood scion and dramatic fall from grace case max landis um and i am going to be on uh not sure when this is coming out and when that episode is coming out but might be out by the time this is uh an episode discussing his 2015 film american ultra um and it's many many failures as a piece of art so (laughs) If you're interested in, like, weird internet ephemera and, like, attempts by people who are not super talented and also just horrible people to, like, impose their ego upon the world, then uh, Get Cynical is a great place for that. So, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's all I got to plug. Cool. Cool, cool. Uh, Ben, do you want to go? I mean... At this point in time, all I've got to plug is my uh, Twitter, which I mostly just use as a personal Twitter, but I'm on Twitter as at uh, Silk and Stone, all one word. Yeah, and uh, I have also recently guested on a podcast. Um, I guested on Hot Singles, uh, which is on the Export Audio Network. Uh, that is a music podcast uh, where they, uh, uh, every episode, um, feature like three different albums uh so for the episode i was on uh we featured 69 love songs volume one 69 love songs volume two and 69 (laughs) love songs volume three (laughs) um it was so how many songs are on this album all told 
uh, you'll be shocked to hear that there's 69 of them. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, that was a that was a really fun time. Um, if you the last our our fucking like uh, four part like 12 to 14 hour mini series on a terrible musical. It was a <laughs> wonderful change of pace to talk about good music. Um, so. Uh, maybe go check that out. Um, and yeah, you can also find me on Twitter at Char Asnablunt. Um, so that about wraps it up. Uh, I forgot to mention one last thing to you, Hannah, about our sign-off. Oh, right, right. Uh, I don't <laughs> know if you remember this from the couple episodes of the show that you've listened to, but we always end every episode by uh, me and Ben saying in unison, uh, or rather... It's sorry, a call and sorry. response. Yes, no, that's right. We don't say, I was thinking about it in unison because when we've had guests. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. okay, it's the call and response of uh, one of us says, what tune is it you pull to, man? And the other one says, a dead whale or a stove boat. Um, so would you like to ask us what tune it is we pull to? Uh, Mark. Ben. Yes. Be frank with me. Yes. <laughs> what tune is it you pull to? A, a dead, dead whale, whale or, or a stove, stove boat? boat.